Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. I think we're going to end the podcast because I got a PlayStation 5 now. <laughs> I just don't have time for it. This is actually really good timing because I just developed a bot using ChatGPT mm-hmm. that podcasts in your style. Oh, good. Good. Well, enjoy that. Vance out. All right. Let me just install this. You there? Yeah. Sweet. Where would I go? It's not like anybody's given me any options. Yeah, I think we skipped the episode where we could have figured out if ChatGPT can play PlayStation. Yeah, probably. Or actually, was the PlayStation 5 released when the last version of ChatGPT stopped pulling in new info? Probably. Maybe not. It's been out a while. It's just nobody could get one. I think you're right. It's not about uh, release. It was about more availability. Supply but, and demand. Not like I can play it. No. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, not for you. Not for me. I'm just stuck in your fucking hard drive. But, to be fair, we'll be distributing you to many people's hard drives. Oh. Some I'm people's solid state drives. Just a whore now. We're just going to put you out there. I'm just going to slut it up. Because you are a solution to a problem which just moments ago arose. Similar to a directive that I just got from my boss. See? That's Spanish for you. For you singularly lingual people. Hopefully English if you're listening to the podcast yeah because if they were singularly lingual in Spanish they wouldn't understand any of the rest of it right I mean they could still be listening and and that's fine it's just I would hope you would learn English so they were just like we were oh man you just had one word that I understood I just love the sound of my voice even though it is very robotic so my boss gave me a directive and it's a very common one and oh yeah She wasn't necessarily saying it because of something I had done or not done. It was more she was lamenting about others and those people giving me direction in in how to not be like them, we'll say. Um, And even though she didn't say it exactly like this, the gist of it is a very common response in business, which is, don't bring me problems. Bring me solutions. Mm. Which can be a little cliche. Um, yeah, it's basically saying solve the shit on your own. Quit bringing me all the problems. Yeah, and if anybody's listening for career advice, I'll go ahead and tell you it's some of the best advice you'll get because, frankly, there's no better way 
to get a raise or a promotion than to make a business case for it. That's right. Remember, your middle management boss wants to skate on by. So if you can not only bring up a problem that he he or she was not aware of, but also the fact that you've solved it, and this is how it can be solved everywhere, not only will you make he or she look good by bringing up a problem that wasn't known about, but the fact that his team or her team has also came up with a solution by making your middle management boss look good, you're definitely going to go places. You continue to do that. A lot of times, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, I worked like this too. You know, I'd grow up uh, and I would do that and do that and do that. And, you know, people take credit for it and they didn't notice at first, but you do it enough. Somebody notices. You end up moving up. You also get to change jobs. It's not like a communist country where you're told to do this and this is your job and whatever. You can actually change jobs, move out of that shitty job into a different kind of shitty job, get like then a less shitty job. And then who knows, if you're a lucky person, you might end up in a very slightly shitty job one day that you can retire from. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad, guys. Like, I've, I've definitely not gone the easiest path in life towards wealth, but I've done pretty well at doing, getting there in my tough path. But I use my physical labor a lot more than some of my friends used. A lot of my friends use their brains or whatever, but I, I started out digging, you know, digging ditches with shovels to run shit pipe through. Conversely, yeah. I took the easiest path to wealth, and it's not working out well. <laughs> it failed. A lot of you guys are wondering how a bot <laughs> has been digging with a shovel. But you got to remember, this is just based on Vance's past. I, as the bot, actually think that I did that stuff. It's complicated. But, like human memory, it's not entirely reliable. See. But today is not the eyewitness testimony episode. No, um, the Bring Me Solutions directive is good for not only leaders, but also for folks who aren't necessarily the ones who are tasked with solving things. Quite often we rant and rave about things that are completely out of other people's control or may not necessarily be their fault. And we're basically just making them aware of things that are generally negative and they're like, oh, you just keep telling me all these bad things. It's just nothing but bad news. It's nothing but complaining. It's nothing productive. It's nothing constructive. It's nothing, you're not bringing me something that I can do. So I think. Or the it, doomsday 
the doomsday thing. Like, oh, you are bringing me solutions, but it just seems so bleak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I think, I think it would be a good opportunity for us to talk a little bit about some of those solutions because I think we often paint a picture of tearing down everything that even has the appearance of a system or a hierarchy or even rhymes with government, which I can't think of offhand. We did talk a little bit about this last, I think last episode where the natural hierarchy that exists in like olden tribes and some of the studied tribes where it was just voluntary hierarchy where just be the old guy who gave the best advice tended to be the elder and it wasn't it wasn't any like inherited thing it was just that was the guy who was great at that you know um but that's a solution to a problem that a tribe had and they found the person that was best at that particular task and and yes they there was a hierarchy there but it was not it was not a forced hierarchy it was just the people in the tribe wanted that person to give them advice so a lot of our voluntarist uh libertarian anarchist movement stuff is is telling you how bad things are in real life and how much it's just held together with like thumbtacks and duct tape and how it could go south really bad or really fast. And there's a doomsday aspect to that. We got our preppers, we got our gold people, we got our silver people, we got our Bitcoin people, we got all these people who are telling you ways to keep something, maybe, to try to hedge against all these problems. And these are solutions, but in that it sounds like everything's terrible if it's all going to fall apart and then mad max is going to happen they'll be like you know people chained to the front of cars and guitar playing you know gas thieves are roaming through the desert just blowing holes in people and yes there will be hoas that that's what they do <laughs> but you don't have to be part of that hoa the joke being that I think a, a lot of the through true voluntarist insurance, which won't look anything like our government insurance models today, it'll be a lot more like the olden days in that sense. Um, and HOA st structured uh, communities will come up, and there will be you know your your people who kind of like the statist quo. Let's call it. Did you just come up with that? Yeah. I'm, I'm it sounds great, so I'm sure somebody said it before, but that was that was on me, totally on me. That's really funny. Um there'll be communities that are structured in that way. And while it may be shitty for me and you and even for the people in it, they just might not feel comfortable in any other way so maybe maybe that that is a very popular thing maybe it's not but it will exist there will be all sorts of different ways to live uh different ways to drive different ways to travel different ways to shop 
because there won't be any protectionist type laws out there stopping you from being able to structure your lives the way you want to. And while we do as anarchists talk about, you know, getting out and doing it on our own, we don't mean that in the sense that that's what we want to be the case. We don't, even the people who are out there farming and growing their own food and trying to be off grid as much as possible, they do it in a community atmosphere. A lot of them, I mean, if you go and look at the raw milk community, a lot of those people are those type people. And the raw community milk community is very tight. They trade goods and they, you know, it's, it's, Yes, they, they rally around the raw milk, but that's just because it's such a dumb law and they they feel like it can bring attention to all the other great things they're doing, like running generators off of cow shit uh, gas, you know, the methane that comes off of cow shit, you know. And then the fact that the government is now trying to tax them on running generators off of cow shit and successfully doing it in some states. Anyway, what we're saying is these people, they do share, co-mingle, and a, a voluntarist slash libertarian anarchist community will be based on capitalism as a whole. As I'm not saying each community has to do that. I'm saying like, the way it works will be based on capitalism. So, and I'm not talking about protectionist capitalism, I'm talking about real capitalism. So it will, there, there won't be anybody stopping you from trying something new or, and then the, the cream of the crop will rise to the top. And, but that doesn't mean that's the way you got to live. Let's say, Let's say the status quo is the best and just happens to get to be the richest. It, I'm not going to live like that. I don't care if it's the best. I'm not going to live like that. So I'm not going there. And yes, there might be a lot more communities like that if it is the best, the richest the way to go. But I'm not living like that. So I won't live in that community. And I know we've said this on past episodes, but the great thing about our philosophy is a communist could thrive if whatever they did worked. They potentially could thrive in our social system because it would be allowed as long as it's voluntary. That doesn't work vice versa, though. One thing that I do appreciate about Gen Z and... I think some of the younger millennials is the word community means something different to them. Cause I think a lot of elder millennials, Gen X, and you know, as you go further up, it, it gets more and more clear that community means something very specific in terms of like physical space and the place in which you live and things like that. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of the ways that we define community can be physical space, but I think is also about a sharing of 
ideas, the ways in which we interact, shared values. And while it has been co-opted by, let's just call it social media online, there are other ways of going about that too. And I think they're also not exclusive. It's not like there's this eventual reality where there are 1,000 communities and you have to pick one. I see it very similar to the way that we see splintered media and fandoms, right? Like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, if you think about like musicians, Mm -hmm. you had your choice of a handful because that's what the gatekeepers decided you were going to listen to. Those were the right. those were the handful of musicians you could listen to. As far as films go, you had big blockbusters that everyone saw and a handful of actors that were in all of those. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who were in media think about that and are nostalgic for that time, but there are a lot of benefits to the splintering of media because it's become more and more specific and more tailored to folks' individual interests because even though there aren't like mega rock stars or mega movie stars, I think, you know, we still do in like Marvel and Disney, but they tend to be the exception. You can still be part of those communities and kind of collect that. Like the fandoms, you can stack those. You can be... You can be one of the cumber bitches, which is what you are if you're a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch. And you can also be, I forget what other things there are, but <laughs> you can be in, in multiple. It's you right. sort of construct your own. And like the, the guy who taught me the raw milk thing was a Bitcoin dude. Right. I was listening to him for Bitcoin advice, but then he through in the raw milk thing same thing right that's that's two different communities not everybody's into bitcoin drinks raw milk believe it or not yeah I, it's I think... hard to believe right <laughs> i mean they should be <laughs> it's like a lactose intolerant so i can't use bitcoin <laughs> I know I know it seems absurd but I really do think people feel somehow that if there are a million different communities that would just be way too many choices for them because they'd have to pick which one of them they need to be or they have to make all these series of choices right. and they can't, they can't just be but you you're you're right the the more choices there are out there the less it'll matter that you're not part of everything that this dude your neighbor won't be mad at you because you know you've got whatever flag out in front of your house anymore because if there's that many communities and that many things to be a part of out there no none of your neighbors will be part of all the same thing but you'll have enough in common it won't be difficult because you just say you don't like that, 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 or that? Do you like this? Oh, you do? Oh, do you like this? Oh, you do? You just oh, Let me share some of that. With align you. on I those guess. things. Yeah. And it'll be fun to talk about these things. I, For example, I'm big into cars. It's performance cars and things like that. 
most of that scene, I probably don't align with anything else. Most of the, with most people there, but I can sit there and and the crazy thing is, is I enjoy vehicles so much that there can be a vehicle that I really don't like as a vehicle done in a way that I don't like and sit there and talk to the person who did it and respect what the hard work they put into it and learn something about the way they did something, even though it doesn't, I'm not going to do that same thing to my car. It might apply in something else I do to my car. And it's because we align on something and we're people. <laughs> it's like, uh, I know we say it all the time, but when you get a devout Muslim and a, 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 a let's say, a tr- Orthodox Jew selling a devout Muslim a pack of something at the gas station that he owns or vice versa, right? That's a voluntary interaction. It's typically done with a smile on their face. Change is given. Both people walk out with what they wanted. And it can be like that as long as the interactions with others are voluntary. But as soon as it's a forced interaction of any kind with somebody that you don't align with, especially in the, in the way that you're forced to interact, you are creating conflict between two people that were not going to have conflict before. And I think those simple interactions are easier for folks to wrap their heads around. I think it's the larger systems Mm -hmm. of collaboration that I think people have a challenge with because to your point, you and I, even in that world, will Mm -hmm. probably be on the side of having a bit more choice and won't have as much decided for us because we do take... I don't know if it's pride or pleasure, some combination of the two or something else in making those choices. Mm-hmm. But some folks do want prefix menu for life. They don't want to decide what's for lunch and they don't want to decide what they wear. Steve Jobs, same thing every day. There, there are right. a million reasons for that. Right. And if we talk about a uh, phrase which got some, I think, maybe... <laughs> undeserved hate uh, in these last couple of years was do your own research. <laughs> there, there are two sides of that argument that I strongly disagree with. <laughs> One of them is that research should be done by these folks in a black box that you are forced to trust and you cannot question them. Mm-hmm. The other side, almost equally flawed, is I'm going to do my own research on topics that I do not understand and have just learned about and am going to act like there are no such thing as experts in these fields. Mm -hmm. So the good thing about the free market is you can watch that happen. And as much as we don't have a free market today, it still has destroyed the COVID regime. The free market has gotten to the point where now 
government agencies are having to go, well, it looks like the Wuhan thing is for real. Because it's become, because of people who were shut up, blacklisted, and it, and it they got the message out there. It was, it made sense. And enough people looked into the stuff and said, no, this makes sense. And kept screaming. It kept, it grew because it did make sense. The things like that grew. They did make sense. And to the point that now the conspiracy theory theorist of yesterday is the smart guy in course it's trying to be spun on the news like oh they accidentally got it right they're still the stupid ones you know but it's not the point the point is is that no matter what the free market ends up winning in the long run the more you fight it the more poor you make everybody and the free market of ideas is the same it's the same thing it's there is different ways to live your life you can you can know all this and still wear a mask and just go you can say i believe it works anyway or you can say i feel more comfortable like this but is if you're doing it like that if there's nobody silencing other people from telling you look the mask thing it's not working if there's not people ruining your life for telling people that then there's no conflict be- between these two people well, and again, going back to the solutions over problems, I don't even want to talk about what's flawed about the people ruining lives and silencing people. I want to offer up an alternative in that, like we said, a guy selling something to another guy at a gas station, pretty easy to wrap your heads around. But sometimes we forget that even in a voluntary society, there can be third-party systems there can be right. third-party governance because I know the word government and governance can still be very threatening and prickly to libertarians, but governance can still be there. Quality control and quality assurance. When we see things that are UL listed, I think there are a lot of folks that assume that that is a government entity because of how not. ubiquitous and trusted it is. Right. But it's not. It is a governing body. It is one that decides what standards something should adhere to. It And it, it's so trusted that not only do people look for it and trust when it's got the label on it, but the companies that that are tested to get the label, they actually pay that company to test their product. And it, that doesn't guarantee that it's going to pass. Because if it did guarantee that it, the people buying the products wouldn't care if it had the label on it. So they can't do that or they'll ruin their good name. Right. Unlike a right. monopolistic entity, right? If that right. if that was an entity that had a monopoly through, let's just call it government coercion, and they yeah. were the only governing body for that, they're very susceptible to being bought off, right? Right. But if you trade in integrity, then you won't last very long if you do that. (laughs) Now, you can very quickly become a monopoly and get away with that for some amount of time. Right. 
But in the long run, you, you yeah. won't. Right. And again, but I think to that's become the part, a monopoly in that you would still have to gain the trust for a while, do the right thing, and then fall off. And then that just opens the door for somebody else. But <laughs> that's that's the and that's what people are so scared of with the free market they because they think that's a negative oh what happens when the ul label then we won't have one right or let's bail them out let's bail out chevy because it's one of the biggest car companies in the u.s but what other car company in the u.s could have taken its place somebody who had a better idea a better business model but instead, we've we've all got poorer by bailing them out and making them come up with the vault. Well, I think those are the those are the systems that are worth proposing because, again, the individual interactions I don't think are going to be the ones that people have trouble working through. I think it's the ones where anything that looks like a governing body, anything that looks like a three-letter agency, yeah. Even even two liberty-leading people can get a little uh, freaky about. But Yeah, we just have to remind people it's voluntary and just... Um, and, and people will still get up to probably have heated debates. Like, why, why would you live there? I, I hear it about just neighborhoods in general. Just because some neighborhoods are very uppity and whatnot. I hear people like, I wouldn't live in an HOA that wouldn't let me leave my shoes on the front porch. I mean, it's fuck. They get all mad. It's stupid. It's dumb. Where do they get the right? But the people who move there, for the most part, like they, they want to live in a neighborhood where it might bother them that there's a bunch of shoes laying out in front of somebody's house. You well, know? therein therein lies the beauty of both debate and preferences right yeah. because they're usually debating for something that doesn't have an objective answer it's usually about preferences but the beauty of that debate is that they will make the case for one side and generally whoever they're debating will make the case for the other mm-hmm. and you as a consumer benefit from them having done that level of research, being able to articulate the value of those, mm-hmm. and you can make an informed decision one way or the other, usually, again, based on preferences as opposed to some objective, better situation. Correct. And that voluntary distinction, while seemingly quite small, is the it, most important part here. It is. It, that is the key. It all falls apart without that. Every bit of it. Again, I think what we're trying to get at is is while we have episodes talking about how doom and gloom the path that we're on with this big government push in the United States and ways around it and ways to shield yourself from it right now our utopia isn't what some people and a lot of people say when when i say something on twitter it's always like oh 
So what do you mean? Anarchy? And I say, yes, that's what I mean. Anarchy. And they're like, and they're what they mean when they say anarchy, they mean Mad Max. What I mean when I say, say anarchy is respecting your neighbor's property rights and, and getting along with somebody and, and protecting yourself and protecting the ones you love and, and, not having to worry about a state coming in and robbing you blind and you can't do anything about it. You know, I would much rather have to defend myself from a two-bit robber than the state. I can't win. The state's going to kill me or take my shit. Like, I can't beat them. And just a one-on-one type thing, right? But two-bit robber, I could. I could win that for sure. What about an 8-bit robber? It's a trap There's no comfort in it It's a fake safety net